Hello, how's it going? Welcome to episode three of the Offline Podcast. I am joined by co-host Fraser Henderson and our guest today is Dylan Findlay. Dylan, if you want to introduce yourself, can I give us a rundown of what you do? Yeah, um, obviously you know my name's Dylan. Um, I am a student at SAE in Glasgow. Um, I study film, well, digital film production. Um, I'm in my last year of doing that and I also run um, my own business, which is um, self-employment, uh, called Kilted Media, um, uh, where I do um, promotional video work for businesses and um, sort of short films for them and things like that. Um, and that's probably the most interesting stuff about me at the moment, <laughs> other than lots of uni work, which is um, the same for everybody this time of year. Nah, just the standard these days. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say we're all in the same boat there. So you yeah. <clears throat> obviously got a lot going on then. Uh, so I appreciate you, you know, making time for this. Ah, it's no problem, no problem at all. Um, and yeah, I was gonna say, Fraser, you should probably introduce yourself as well, because uh... yes, uh, I am Fraser. I'm also on the on the podcast team, and um, this is my my first episode. So get used to my voice. Fraser's the uh, the the man behind the scenes that does all the the other hard work. Yes, I, project manager is my official title. Oh, very fancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, anyway, I guess you just get fired into the questions. Sure. Um, so first question I have here is, what are you currently working on? Like, um, I guess not really, and maybe in uni, something cool, interesting you're working on, or anything. Um, yeah, I'm working on a few things just now. Um, Uni-wise, I have just filmed a short film um, called Senior Boxing, um, and that is basically about a guy who, um, a, an old man who is played by my dad, um, uh, Kind of an old man, in fact, actually. Hopefully he's not listening so to So if he, this, <laughs> just, he just called him an old man. Just, just yeah. mildly insulting <laughs> for the guy, but you know. Won't, won't share this with him. Um, yeah, so he plays an old guy um, who has lost his wife and um, is kind of like really lonely. Um, finds lots of old uh, boxing stuff that is basically his memorabilia from when he was a young boxer. Um, and then watches his old promo sort of tapes and then it's like his journey to how he gets back into boxing again um so it's kind of you know taking him from being really depressed and sad and lonely to getting back into boxing in his 80s um so so yeah that was really cool um and we used a lot of cinematic lighting techniques and stuff stuff that um i've not really used all that much before um so just kind of taking it to that next level um and a smoke machine as well which was really cool um, so yeah, that's what I've kind of been working on, uh, uni wise. Um, and in terms of the business, um, it's just sort of been social media stuff. Um, there's not been too much of the video content. I mean, I do video stuff within my social media contracts anyway. Um, one that I did recently was a short promotional film for ACS flight training in Perth. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically we flew from Perth to Glasgow Airport, landed there, um, got some shots. Although we weren't um, we weren't allowed to film on the premises, but um, then took back off again, flew over Loch Lomond and Ben Nevis and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what's what's been happening at the moment. Um, you make it sound so so normal, you know, just jumping on a little little plane and just flying <laughs> over Loch Lomond and, you know, just just a day in the life. <laughs> um, that's what I've come to know. <laughs> to be fair, that um, 
that contract that I have, we have a YouTube video um, as part of that every month. Um, and so I try to make it as um, exciting to the viewers as possible. Um, and if that involves jumping in a plane and going to Glasgow Airport, that's, <laughs> that's what it involves. Oh, going over what, what shame. <laughs> you know, you can always plug your YouTube channel into the uh, the podcast with the millions of viewers that we have. Um, yeah, the millions and millions. <laughs> um, well, my YouTube channel is... Um, just kilted media on its own um i've not uploaded on a great deal um recently but i do have a lot of content to to upload on there which hopefully will be um quite exciting stuff so um feel free to check it out the the youtube the uh aviation stuff and different things will be going on there soon um and hopefully this short film that i've been talking about as well so um lots to come hopefully i look forward to giving that a watch i'm so excited to see that i do like flying unfortunately you know i can't just jump in the plane myself but <laughs> well i'm not a pilot <laughs> <can't> fly it, but <laughs> um it's nice to sit in the back well i say that actually um when there's turbulence it's, it's not that nice to sit in the back <laughs> especially because you can't really um uh, are you rec- are you recording like well it's like in the plane is that what you mean sorry i don't know if i understood that you're in the plane recording stuff yeah yeah so i'm sitting in the oh, back with my camera all sort of rigged up and everything um recording it all uh, recording the audio that's coming through the headset, recording all the shots on the camera, um, and it's it's quite a small setup, but you know it's it's a really confined space, so it's quite difficult to um, not be claustrophobic in the back, especially when it's turbulent because you feel it worse in the back for some reason, um, and there's nothing you can do about it other than just keep going because if if you don't, you're going to miss all the shots. So um, motion sickness isn't a thing. <laughs> you're not allowed to be. Just got to fight through it. More or less, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> Fair enough. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, did you say smoke machine at one point as well? Did I hear you right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I've um, I, using the or going by the cinematic um sort of look. I've been experimenting with different lighting setups and using a smoke machine for atmosphere and things like that. I mean, they're they're pretty standard things on film sets, but it's not something that I've really. Um, used an awful lot, so it's pretty cool to um, to be able to try those things out. That's pretty cool. So yeah. this short film that you're doing is this like something that you're just like? Is it just for uni? Or are you going to put this somewhere? You're going to release it on your YouTube or what? Um, it sounds, it sounds cool. interesting. Sounds like something I'd like to see. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it will be on YouTube at some point um, once it's been submitted to uni and stuff. But yeah, it was primarily for uni, um, but it's it's turned out really well. So I'm I'm planning on sharing it. Um, sometime soon so yeah absolutely check out the um youtube channel and see if it comes up at some point it should soon <laughs> i expect to see it at the sundance film festival at, uh, at some point oh well that was a surprise but you've ruined it now <laughs> <laughs> yeah right i guess next question what is the next question oh i have them here so obviously uni and then doing the self-employed stuff this question i mean you can kind of tailor it to either one but like how has COVID, or I mean, yeah, yeah. How has COVID affected the industry? Obviously, you can kind of give the past tense when it hit and all that to where it is like kind of now. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. So in terms of COVID affecting the industry, um, what I've noticed and what a lot of people around me have noticed is that a lot of businesses are doing in-house content. So a lot of businesses during COVID just didn't have the budget um for marketing um it was basically a luxury to a lot of people especially video marketing um 
you know, smartphones have got really good cameras these days, so lots of people were just making their own videos, um, which is great. It saved them money, but it, it didn't help um, people like us, who that's basically what our niche is. Um, so that was the main sort of thing. Um, and coming away from COVID, it's, it's sort of training people why there's there is a premium level of filmmaking and things and why in-house content is good for some things. Um, but if you want to take your marketing to the next level, um, you know, you should really be thinking about um, businesses who's, you know, sort of specialize in media marketing. Um, a lot of um, property companies you'll probably notice on Facebook have started to do video content. Some um, get people like me in to do it and some do it on their own and you can sort of uh tell the difference you know the um the audio is quite poor because they're standing quite far away they've not got a lav mic on um you know just there's just lots of things um that it sort of takes it to the next level um but people's skills have got better in that area because they're doing it on their own you know like people were cutting their own hair um they're not you know they're not hairdressers but they, they just had to take to it so uh, yeah, it's it's trying to encourage people as to why um, they need to get back on board with their marketing with people like us, essentially, instead of doing it on their own. Um, See, wait, this is where we've missed a trick here, Fraser, right? Why don't we have, like, a video on where we can put pictures up and I can post the picture of me cutting my own hair through lockdown? <laughs> that would be because I don't think anybody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad, you know. But, uh, no, I... That's interesting to hear that a lot of people took it upon themselves to do their own thing. I can imagine, like, you watching it, you're just like, I could do a much better job in, like, the nicest way possible, you know, like... Yeah. I think it uh, is that everybody can, uh, you know, has, a, has an iPhone or whatever, and you can you can point a camera at someone and anybody can manage that, but it is all the post-production that it takes. I mean, for me and Dylan as sound designers, that aspect of it, you can tell very quickly whether or not somebody has used a sound designer or whether they've just kind of tried their hand at it um, and done a, a pretty poor job sometimes. So I guess from the, the video perspective there, it is fairly obvious as well when someone's just been haphazardly throwing their iPhone about the place. Yeah, no, it's interesting that you say about the sound design as well because obviously that's an element within filmmaking that's quite important. Um, and for some productions um we get sound designers in whether it be from you know our uni or wherever it is um and yeah you can totally tell the difference when someone's done it properly um you know compared to on an iphone or something like that it's just incredible um like last year what year yeah last year um i did an advert for um my dad's business and it went on sky tv um and we got a list of um, requirements that had to basically, um, we, we had to adhere to. I mean, you'll know, you guys will know, um, but it, it didn't make all that much sense to me because it's all audio tech stuff. Um, but yeah, basically it had to conform to all these these um, restrictions um, and we had to get a, an audio um, engineering basically to, to do it all. So yeah, there's, you, you can totally tell the difference. Um, but I mean, it, again, it, it doesn't stop people, you know, thinking I'll just try that on my own. And that's that's how you get better at things. But, um, you know, if that's not your main um, discipline, you know, you don't really have the time to be doing those sort of videos and edits and audio and all that stuff. Um, 
So, I yeah, guess that's, yeah. It's, it's interesting though, like <clears throat> with within like the sound design stuff, and like when I'm working as well, like with my job, people don't actually realize how much goes into something so small. Like, no, not small, yeah. but you know, like when you're watching an advert on the TV, for example, and you watch it, you, you're probably not even listening or looking at it, and you don't even think about how much work has gone into making that. Yeah. It's yeah. just crazy. And I think it's just, it's yeah. the from the sound design perspective, it's, you know, you can not be paying any attention to the TV and you'll hear an advert and that advert will still get stuck in your head for the rest of the day. <laughs> and and people don't realise that that's, it is on purpose and the, the sound design is specifically tailored to get stuck in your head, as annoying as that may be. Yeah. Yeah. There was... Um... So obviously we got uh, for that particular advert for Float uh, Scotland, it's called. Um, for, plug. Yeah, <laughs> kind of that same, Thanks for playing it. <laughs> um, for for that one, yeah, we got a voiceover in who um, is relatively well known for Scot Scottish television adverts. Um, like she did the voiceover, I believe, anyway, for things like you know Scott Rail Trains and. Um, just different adverts on TV um, and all of a sudden like I started to hear her voice in every single advert I'd never yeah. heard it before but as soon as you're tuned into something <laughs> you start to hear it um, but yeah you're right you totally take it for granted unless it's pointed out to you completely if that woman is the woman that does Scott Rail Train she is either loved or hated by many people <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> she, that's um, cool though I don't actually you never think about stuff like that though yeah, I know. You wouldn't get on a train and think, oh, I wonder whose voice that is. But then when when you start to um, look into these things and sort of pick them apart, you know, you, you can appreciate how much time must have gone into making all those voiceovers for trains. Um, but I mean, to the, the average person, you, you know, you wouldn't spend your life thinking like that. But when you point it out to people and you, you're sort of, if you're talking about pricing for example trying to justify why you charge a certain price it's because there's so much detail that goes into production um that people just don't even think about um so again that comes back to encourage uh, um educating people why you know production is meant to be sort of a specific department um and in-house isn't always the best sort of thing yeah um, but it's quite interesting looking into it all and you know um, there's so many aspects to it. No, there's, there's certainly a, a heck of a lot of people that will have absolutely no idea the just amount of time and effort that it takes to create, you know, yeah. a thirty-second advert that's on your yeah, TV that you wouldn't even take a, a second look at. Well, that one was thirty seconds, and that um, took us about two and a half months um, because you need to go. There's a company called Clearcast, and they um, have to review your script, have to review all your footage. Um, give it tests for like um, epilepsy and things like that. So there's so much that you don't even think about that you go yeah. back and forth and back and forth to get it all approved. Um, so just, it's more time than anything, to be honest. And time is money. Exactly. Time is money. <laughs> Sandra, you tell me things that I'm learning here. Like, I know, that's just blown my mind, all these like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never look at an advert the same again. I know, I will appreciate those adverts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I do now. <laughs> so next question this one is uh, i don't imagine it's gonna be, i'm just gonna ask a question yeah. has it been easier or has it been harder for you working you know at home um it's been obviously easier. let me just say i assume now obviously you're out and about but like you know mm -hmm. during that that lockdown um yeah it was easier for me um less travel was was better you know 
uni, for example, I wasn't having to travel through to Glasgow, um, or when I was at Edinburgh Napier, I wasn't having to, to travel through there as well. Um, I mean, you do miss the social interaction, but it, it does save money, so there's pros and cons. Um, but in terms of what I do for social media and film work and all that stuff, you can do all the post-production stuff at home. The only thing you really need to go out for is to, to film. Um, so, so yeah, it was it was pretty good for me to be honest. It really didn't impact me that heavily, um, because everything can be done at home. So yeah, it wasn't really that bad at all for me. Did it affect your uh, in terms of obviously your post production and all that? That's done at home, but um, your filming was there kind of any major restrictions to that at the time, or did you kind of get through pretty easily? Um, even though we were obviously social distancing and all that. Yeah. Um... It did impact filming a couple of times. Um, for example, I did one for a property company, um, and at that time they weren't doing any any showings in houses or anything at all. That had been cancelled, but obviously they were aware that they needed to sort of keep a media presence and whatnot. So um, we used stock footage for the entire thing. Um, th there was an abundance of it, so it was fine. But um, you know, ideally, stock footage would be mixed in with real shots um but yeah i mean we we were able to use stock footage so there's there's always ways around it it's maybe not as ideal as what you would hope but there's definitely always ways to do it but yeah it, it definitely did affect filming um i started up in 2020 so sort of like mid um well just after the pandemic sort of came to a head um and that was actually really good for me because I was able to go into places that were closed that would usually be off limits. For example, there was a cafe in Linlithgow um, uh, or a bar in Linlithgow, sorry, that's always open. Um, and that was closed through the pandemic. So I was able to go in there and film like a cocktail advert and things in practice. Um, things that would never be available to me normally because they're always so busy. Um, so it was really good for me to sort of learn my craft in that time. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it impacted it sort of badly for business but good for practicing and, and getting that skill level up i never even thought about that the, the whole if, if places are closed then you can go in that's uh, yeah yeah exactly it was good for that aspect yeah definitely. i'm honestly just surprised we had a positive to come out of that question yeah, i know that, 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 positive. that, that question is usually kind of doom and gloom but that's you know <laughs> no i had a great time <laughs> loved it <laughs> That's one of the things that we really take for granted in like especially in like the studies that we're doing, like getting that free time somewhere that's quiet and has the stuff that you need to just practice mm -hmm. and you really don't like, appreciate it until you have it. Yeah. Yeah, no, as a student, um COVID is good and bad. It's bad for practical, you can't go out and always do what you need to do, but it's good for um being able to learn in your own time and dedicating that time because there's nothing else to do um so it's, it's really good for learning um i think a lot of people would have done online courses and just tried things they've never tried before um because they had nothing but time to do it so so it was good for that kind of aspect all right so this is maybe kind of like a two-part question um so the question is just have you been able to work remotely with a team or has it been isolated so like when you were locked down I don't know if you obviously I assume you work with a whole bunch of different people at, on one thing and that is a team in that aspect so when you were working during the pandemic were you was it like a lot of zoom calls to get things sorted or like you know how did that work for you yeah um so business-wise not uh, you know 
been a sole trader, um, sort of jack of all trades. So it was just me that wasn't really part of a team there. Um, but for uni, yeah, it, it did impact that. Um, so I was still part of um, Edinburgh Napier at that time, um, sort of heavy into COVID at that point, um, or in that time rather. Um, and yeah, we had to do a lot of online stuff. Um, it was difficult because you couldn't meet up. Um, there was a project that was done purely online. Um, I mean, it is achievable, you know, with technology and stuff, you know, it, it doesn't make too much of a difference, but it's it's a bit annoying trying to get everybody free at the one time. Um, yeah. You know, when you're in uni and stuff, you're all there, you're all um, there at the same time, so it's easy, but trying to get people to all be online at the same time is quite difficult. Um, so it wasn't so great for that. But yeah, in terms of business and stuff, I mean, as I said, I work on own most of the time, so um, it didn't really impact me too much in that regard. I remember that. I mean, I'm assuming you're, you're talking about the, the, the group project in second year. For for context, me and Dylan were on the roughly the same course and for the first couple of years yeah. at uni. Yeah. Um, so we had a, a group project in second year, but I, I do remember that being pretty tough going because, I mean, that was... Yeah. the height of the pandemic and everything was kind of new zoom and webex that the university used and everything was all new so trying mm -hmm. to learn how to use these new programs and all that as well as trying to do your usual uni work it, it did make it pretty tough um yeah i mean there was nothing that could be done by anybody we just had you just had to do it but yeah it's just kind um, of a suck it up situation yeah one of those kind of thing yeah i think if you look back at it now though like all the, the hardships and struggles that, that we had, like back when we were doing group stuff back then, it kind of makes the group stuff now a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, definitely. Mm -hmm. Right, so has the pandemic changed how you work within the industry for better or for worse? So obviously you're talking about how you get like loads of practice, so I'm assuming you learn different stuff and stuff like that. But um, just like, yeah, has it? how has it made you as a... Like being self-employed, your craft, have you gotten better? Has it gotten worse? You know, are you rusty? That kind of thing. Um, I hope it's not got worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, proof is in the pudding, I guess. Um, yeah, it's it enabled, as I said earlier, it enabled me to develop my craft. Um, and, you know, you're always learning. I'm learning all the time. That's why I'm still at uni. I'm still finishing the degree. Um, but, yeah, it, it sort of propelled me into the industry a little bit more, ironically, because... You know, I was watching YouTube videos all day about it because I had the time to do that. Um, I was able to go into places that were closed and practice and things with lighting and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, COVID definitely um, gave me a platform to be able to, um, or gave me the time to be able to perfect it a little bit more than what I had done. Um, when I went into business, I didn't really know too much about it. Um, I kind of just went in with the attitude that, um, you know, I'll set up a business and then I'll just learn as I go. Um, which is good for some things, not so great for others. Um, but yeah, it definitely helped me get to that point where I was like, right, okay, I can actually consider myself um, ready to earn from this and, and deliver work that's worthy of people to pay for it. Um, and it only continued to get sort of better from there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy now with um, the standard that I'm at, um, but definitely COVID helped me get to that point, definitely. Yeah. Well, so this next question I'm actually like intrigued because um, I'm actually self-employed as well. I'm a lighting technician, so this one will be interesting to see from other person's perspective. But like, how have you handled being a student as well as like running your business? 
how has that been throughout all of this for you? It's probably very similar to you. Um, it can be difficult at times. Um, usually, typically the way it goes is when you've got one thing due for business, it's that you've got 10 things due for uni. You know, it's um, the schedules don't always um, complement each other. Um, sometimes, you know, lots of things are due at once. Um, but that's where checklists came in for me, to-do lists, um, managing my time. I'd, I'd never really had to manage my time so efficiently before. Um, but yeah, planning in advance is basically what helped me and still continues to help me. Um, and looking at basically the week ahead, you know, what's, what's due when, basically, um, and prioritizing. Um, so with social media, for example, obviously I have to plan sort of for the week or two ahead. Um, so that, that's good in itself because then I've got a plan to work towards for that. Um, and obviously uni is all, all planned from the start of the trimester. So, um, careful planning is really, you know, um, paramount for, for managing both at the same time. Suppose in that regard as well, that's where the pandemic almost benefited you because you didn't have the option to do anything else you know you weren't like oh i could be out at clubs pubs whatever you were mm. you were in anyway so you could focus on on your work and, and your uni stuff um without the kind of the distractions of everyday life yeah exactly there was nothing else to do um plus with covid obviously you weren't having to travel in um you know i think people sometimes underestimate as well how much that takes out of your day you know it can take an hour to an hour and a half to get somewhere and then back again like for uni for example um so i mean that's that's three hours out of your day that you're you know you weren't doing anything so that's yeah. you've automatically got more time in the day to do things um and with this current course that i'm in i started that in september 2021 um so there still have been times where we haven't had to go in at, it mainly is a practical course and they do like us to go in, but there have been times where we didn't have to. Um, and, you know, traveling in um, rush hour traffic can add three hours onto your day. So yes. you're automatically getting that back. So um, so that's that's a big benefit. Yeah. Um, one of the things that isn't great about returning back to normal, unfortunately. Uh, the the commuting is always uh, a bit rough. but mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's actually interesting because where we differ a little bit in jobs, I am um, a lot of like I assume your work is like project based and deadline based. Yeah, maybe mainly. So yeah. a lot of my stuff is like it's whether you it's like a time slot, right? So you work on like a, a gig or a club or a festival. You're there for the day, and then that's your job done. Yeah, but I totally get trying to find time to do something because you know you're working around this crazy, insane calendar of stuff that's absolutely full, and you're saying mm -hmm. how you've got like this one job, and then you've got the 10 other things for uni it, it's it's interesting to hear yeah that was maybe exaggerated 10 things but you know it's i get i get what you mean though like there's <laughs> yeah. a lot more nah, it can feel on. sometimes like you are you're juggling 100 things when you've got you know deadlines all due in the same week and as well as running your own business can't exactly be the uh can't be the easiest gig but i'm, I'm yeah. sure it's the exact same for you though as well like fraser but working and then you've got all these uni things that there's just a lot going on yeah not that you know working in a supermarket is uh, quite running your own business but yeah i know but you're still dedicating the same amount of time That's yeah i mean it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's time different. that i can't do that work so i suppose yeah, exactly. yeah, in that regard it is the same yeah definitely. so we are running short oh my god this is going quick i won't lie to you um <laughs> so 
there is like three other questions here, but I think I'm going to skip these two because you can already answered them. Yeah, I'll not waffle um, through these ones, sorry. Uh, you can waffle away. It's oh, yeah, it's thing. Quality content. Everything you you're, you're, it's interesting. Like, honestly, it is really interesting to hear yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, last question mm-hmm. Has it been easier or has it been a lot harder for you to find work? Um, to find work has been harder. That hasn't been um, easy to do that at all. Um, I'm lucky in the sense that, um, so my dad's been a businessman for f- forever um, and he's got lots of contacts. So he was able to sort of set me up with work, um, you know, quite a few times, um, which has been really good. And then I've built contacts from that and then I've built contacts from the people that I've built contacts with and it's sort of a chain reaction. Um, but I couldn't just go into places like I wanted to, you know, like I got lots of leaflets made up and stuff. Um, and I planned on sort of going into town and handing them all out and stuff, but um, obviously COVID stopped me doing that. So, yeah, it was really quite tough. And then you're emailing people saying, you know, would would you want a, a promotional advert done? I would even do it for free on this occasion sort of thing just to give you a tester. Um, but, yeah, people just didn't have the budget, whether you were offering them a free one or not, you know, it's... Um, they couldn't follow up with it so yeah it was it was really bad for finding clients but um now that we're sort of returning back to normal uh it's hopefully that will change great for um for learning your trades but really bad for building contacts definitely yeah Yeah. (laughs) well that's us (laughs) <laughs> we're, yeah, sure. we're done we've hit that 30 that minute mark <laughs> you, you, you're lucky that we're restricted to that 30 minutes because i could keep oh, asking yeah, questions I could sit here <laughs> for another three hours and just learn everything about your business but <laughs> um well i mean we can keep going <laughs> that doesn't bother me I'll, we'll, I'll just do episodes four five and six as well i'll just come back oh there we go <laughs> just, just, just an extended cut <laughs> there you go um, well, thanks um, very much for having me. No, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I mean, by the sense of things, you're a very busy man, so I do really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Appreciate Definitely it. Definitely going to get on that YouTube channel and keep a lookout for that. There you go. Hopefully so, I've mentioned it enough that people will see it. <laughs> you oh. jam it into people's brains. <laughs> but yeah, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Dylan. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me.